You're welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education from Onshaw.net. Christmas Special, Looking Back at Our Schools 2021, Part 2. Hello, hello, you are very welcome back to the second half of my Christmas special. It's Simon Lewis here from Onshaw.net with If I Were the Minister for Education, where I'm looking back at 2021 and uh, I was going to say the highlights, but it's it's all lowlights of how uh, we've been gaslit and uh, and 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 everything else in between um, in our schools over the last year. Uh, the first half we got, covered our first 12 days of Christmas uh, of the advent calendar and we are going to carry on with the second half of 12 other uh, lowlights of 2021. I hope you enjoy them and without further ado let's get back into the calendar. It's door number 13. Oh, an unlucky door. Unlucky for Norma Foley, uh, again, who appears in this countdown uh, advent calendar. Um, and um, unlucky because uh, she was completely unprepared for an interview on News Talk uh, about the substitute crisis, which she uh, didn't know existed before coming on the radio. Uh, somehow, I don't know how her advisors missed this. But uh, Norma Foley, uh, the minister, was on a news talk with Kieran Cudahy uh, in the midst of a, a sub, uh, in the midst of the substitute crisis, which was at its height um, in October because so many teachers and staff were out with COVID nineteen or related um, cases because of the pulling of contact tracing. I don't know what uh, the minister thought she was going to be going on the radio for, for and it was one of the most. I suppose cringeworthy interviews you could possibly uh, have heard, where the minister was uh, saying there there is no substitute crisis. We've we've to be fair, we put in loads of mitigation measures um, for for substitutes, and she talked about the panels, and she talked about the one hundred extra teachers, and she talked about you know all of these things. And Kieran Cuddy was saying, but the fact of the matter is, on the ground there is a substitute crisis. I am talking to principals who are calling in saying that there's a problem. Are you saying they're all wrong? And she was well, to be to be fair. I am. I, I'm not saying. I mean, I'm not saying they're wrong. I mean, we we've a suite of measures, and you know, um, um, blah, 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 and she floundered her way through it, and Karen kept pushing her, and then out of nowhere came. Well, I mean, we have a principal hotline for substitute crisis, and that hasn't received a single call. Uh, to which, the entire nation of principals went. Sorry, what principal hotline? What substitute hotline? What number should we have been ringing? Uh, and <laughs> some poor civil servant was probably sat on a phone the next day, yielding all these hundreds and hundreds of calls. And, um, and where, where, when he was able to answer the phone, because there were hundreds of them, he said, look, I can't help you at all. Uh, will you just email some random email address and someone will get back to you? And uh, people did that. And a few, a couple of weeks later, or a couple of a couple of months later, in some cases, there was a, a draft response sent out, basically saying, "Asher, your grand kind of thing, stop being annoying us." But uh, Norma Foley on News Talk with Kieran Cuddy, one of my highlights, I would say, one of my favourite moments uh, of of the year, uh, where um, you could see someone clearly out of her depth, the real truth behind this minister, um, when whenever something a curveball is thrown in her direction. So behind door number 14. Oh, it's music. 
Now, if you heard music there, um, I haven't been done for copyright, uh, but I'm pretty sure I'm allowed to use uh, a snippet from a piece of music uh, for review purposes, and I am reviewing the year. For those of you who don't know, that is You Need to Calm Down by Taylor Swift, which was, um, I suppose, referenced by the uh, head of the INTO, John Boyle, in response to um, a, a tweet uh, or a set of tweets sent by a wonderful uh, Twitter user, Bun Moonchor, or Bun Moonchor, um, who was talking about how poor the Iron Show's response was to COVID 19. And in response, um, that was sent to um, that particular teacher. Um, the uh, tweet was later deleted, and an apology um, the next day was issued by said um, ch- chief uh, uh, chief of the INTO. It led to much fun on social media for the next uh, few days, uh, where people questioned whether the whether um, John Boyle would um, at all uh, basically get over get over this and maybe shake it off uh, and so on, alongside other uh, Taylor Swift puns. Um, Great fun um, for most of us, but um, eek, bit of a, a black eye for the INTO. Now we're uh, going to look at door number 15. Hmm. Oh, it's a parrot. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's the parroting of all the partners for whatever the Minister for Education says uh, and whatever Public Health says, they parrot exactly the same lines, especially my favourite one, which was, we will always, as you know, we will always be guided by Public Health. And this was a line that was trotted out by all the media trained INTO and IPPN and all the various other partners who seemed to feel that if Public Health said something, that they were unable whatsoever to question it in any way, even when it made no sense, such as schools are safe. And uh, by their very nature, it's the million people travelling up and down to to get to schools that uh, are causing the COVID-19 spread, not uh, within schools. Or the removal of contact tracing, for example, uh, they they also uh, said they will always, as we know, it is our policy to be always guided by public health. Even when public health, you know, I mean, I have to say, um, I, I, in, I, I, overall, I mean, public health obviously will give good advice, but sometimes they have made mistakes. There is nothing in the world, there is no one in the world that doesn't make a mistake. And um, I would certainly say that they made a lot of mistakes when it came to schools, be it not advising uh, masks in time when it became too political, too hot to handle. If they had have introduced masks in schools way before they did, I don't think we would have had the mass protests that we had. Uh, they also, I mean, just generally uh, their, their idea of not wearing masks for the general population came very late. HEPA filters, they were, didn't uh, think HEPA filters were a good idea until uh, the very, very late in December, just Despite the fact 10 months before they've been recommended um, and also the removal of contact tracing which was a terrible mistake as well because what it led to was in fairness the lot of uh, the, the the highest proportion of people of, of cases of COVID-19 happened to be in primary school going age children so you know it's all well and good saying by our policy we will always be guided by public health and not disagreeing with them but sometimes it uh, would have helped if they were guided by public health, but what weren't actually shoehorned or not shoehorned, weren't weren't, weren't smothered uh, by the fact that 
it is okay to ask questions and question the very nature when it doesn't make sense. Always ask questions is something that we should always do. And if our partners, if the partners in education weren't asking those questions and were actually uh, stymied from doing anything as a result of poor public health decisions, well, they're complicit in what happens when that, uh, when the inevitable occurs. Door number 16 is a CO2 monitor. Gosh, that's a, a rare sight uh, in a school. Uh, you might be lucky enough to have got one um, and, and even luckier if it worked. Well, after months of, um, of negotiations and protests and people saying, we really need, this is an airborne disease and CO2 monitors will help monitor things, the Department of Education finally um, gave in and said, we will supply CO2 monitors to all schools. Now, when they said we will supply CO2 monitors to all schools, they didn't actually say they'd supply CO2 monitors to all classrooms in school schools. Uh, rather, they decided they'd send a few into schools uh, and sure, they'd be grand, so they would, so they would. And uh, that's uh, exactly what happened with CO2 monitors. Um, schools with, you know, 16 to 18 classrooms were lucky to get four or five CO2 monitors. And uh, those four or five uh, classrooms uh, were able to monitor CO2 levels. And um, in many, many cases, it was uh, pretty evident that um, these CO2 monitors were showing, displaying CO2 um, of well over the uh, safe limits, whether or not windows were open. And in fact, the story of CO2 monitors were, well, the question most people asked was, you know, it, it'd be nice when they're green. So basically a CO2 monitor uh, flashes green when CO2 levels are low. But what happens when they go above, um, above a low level to medium level, the yellow level, or even worse, the red level? Well, sure, the answer, of course, was to crack open a window. Now, if that still didn't do anything, well, do you know what you were to be doing? You were to contact your local engineer. Yes, you were to contact your local engineer or your local architect, um, because we all have them on speed dial. But more about that a bit later. Behind door number 17 is Ronan Glynn. Uh, do you have anything to say, uh, Ronan, uh, there? The first was, and I, I know many of you will be tired of hearing us say this, but the experience to date does does align with the fact that schools in themselves are a safe environment. <laughs> yes, yes, that's right. Um, that's right, because uh, Ronan Glynn claimed that he never said that schools um, were safe at all. Um, yes, uh, this is uh, the um, oh, madness of uh, schools and gaslighting, probably the peak gaslighting when Ronan Glynn, the deputy um, of, of, of CMO, uh, basically said, uh, the deputy chief medical officer said that he never said and no one had ever said that schools were safe. And within um, very, within a few minutes, uh, all over social media, uh, there were countless examples of um, politicians like Norma Foley and Micheál Martin and Ronan Glynn himself saying, of course, that schools are safe. Um, it uh, was an embarrassing uh, moment uh, where we all expected our um, representative bodies to come out saying, lads, come on, the game's up. Um, but of course, that, that didn't happen and the show continues on. Behind door number 18, it's the, it's, oh, it's the National Parents Council. Oh, wait, 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 they've gone. They've gone. Ah, they were there for just a second. Yes, the National Parents Council, who were completely silent um, during the entire pandemic, except 
for about a day when the Department of Education um, released their mask mandate to schools, which we'll talk about in another uh, another little while. Yeah, after that, the National Parents Council, for some reason, despite the fact that they were completely silent throughout the entire pandemic, decided that they would announce that a number of parents had contacted them to say how worried and concerned they were about children being asked to wear masks. And then they went away again when possibly nobody listened to them because ultimately, if you've been quiet that long and had nothing to say about the awful stuff that parents had been through during the pandemic and during lockdown, why would we bother listening to you now? Number 19 um, is actually a principal, a colleague of mine, uh, Vicky Barron, a true hero, I would suggest, of this COVID-19 pandemic of 2021, whose school, uh, she, whose school decided that it, uh, under because of a huge number of cases in her school, which um, were, uh, which she claims, and uh, I would imagine claimed very rightly, were school outbreaks were put down to community transmission. And her board of management took the decision on the grounds of health and safety that her school should close down. And because of that, and when you do this, as uh, the principal of Claire Morris will know, is you become a national figure in the media and you have to go on the radio all the time. And when she was interviewed on one radio a station where they said, like, how do you know uh, this virus happened in the schools? I mean, it could have happened anywhere. Well, her response was brilliant and became one of my favourite moments. And it was, it didn't come out of the walls anyway. And uh, one of my favourite quotes of the pandemic at all. And um, ultimately, uh, as, as probably people know at this stage, um, the school was forced to reopen um, and uh, it, it, despite the fact the cases were there. And uh, I, I know that um, over time, we probably will know when, I guess, when the tribunals open about this, the way the government have dealt with the, the COVID-19, this school will uh, re-emerge as something um, of a bit of a scandal because it most certainly, and I think it'll be tracked uh, because I know that um, this, is, this is going to happen, that you will nearly be able to map uh, from case zero to case 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 in the school um, where these cases were coming from and surely it was a school outbreak. But the denial of school outbreaks um, as community cases and it didn't come out of the walls is uh, this day's advent calendar entry. Behind number 20, door number 20, well, let's deck our halls with HEPA filters, everyone. Tra-la-la-la-la. It is your Christmas holidays because a week before the Christmas break, the Department of Education finally, finally gave in to the overwhelming evidence that HEPA filters should be one part of mitigation measures uh, in schools, along with all the various suites of measures that they have promised, that they had uh, pretended they'd put into schools. But uh, the Department of Education, rather than doing the sensible thing, which is to essentially uh, get a good deal on HEPA filters, rather than that, they gave schools a small amount of money and said, be gone with you, find HEPA filters for your schools. Sure, why don't you contact that local engineer or local architect that you have on speed dial and they'll be able to uh, find you your HEPA filters for schools. And little, and, and I guess overnight, sure didn't the price of HEPA filters go up and it's very hard to find anything, um, a, a, a HEPA filter for a class, an appropriate HEPA filter for schools uh, for under, uh, to get 450 euro each. And to be honest with you, if you work in a school, you got nowhere near that uh, for your, uh, for your, uh, uh, the grants that came through 
for these HEPA filters. And now the government will say, uh, they were very careful to say the, 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 the extra grant they gave for these uh, was not particularly for HEPA filters, uh, but it would be something that could be used to increase ventilation as a minor works grant. But um, the schools will be uh, travelling down through their to their Christmas holidays and will be using their Christmas holidays to try and buy, buy HEPA filters. Maybe you'll have to wait for the January sales for HEPA filters. I don't know. Do they even exist? Will that even happen? Or will they keep going up and price as uh, as it goes on as time goes on so number 20 is hepa filters ah oh, would you look behind door number 21 it's a beautiful holy picture of the number 183 yes 183 days as norma foley said are sacrosanct yes you have to you, there is no time ever that schools should close early because of the rising cases of COVID-19 and we shouldn't lose the last two and a half days of the school term because 183 days are sacrosanct. What, sorry what's that? A storm barra when the Department of Education closed schools well schools in 16 counties for two days and they didn't have to be made up so 183 days aren't sacrosanct in that case that's 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 just details that's no 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 don't be worrying about oh wait, wait, oh sorry if the, if the if there's a snow day also the 183 days aren't sacrosanct they don't have to be made up so, sorry again oh you mean the electricity goes um and the school has to close oh that day doesn't have to be made up either oh um oh okay um well 183 days are sacrosanct and schools are safe where, where are you norma oh you've gone you've disappeared again okay ah door number 22 it's it's a substitute oh wait they're gone oh there there's another oh substitute gone ah uh, oh gosh and another they keep coming and going really really quickly look there just isn't enough of these substitutes well i think there's a crisis of substitutes yes norma foley as i said before was floundered on the radio when there was a sub crisis so after that interview infamous interview um she took a second uh, stab at um tackling the sub crisis when she somehow uh, didn't admit that there was a substitute crisis but at the same time recognized that some schools were finding it difficult to find substitutes so she increased the substitute panel by 200 although none of those positions were filled and she also uh, said that all teachers who were on secondment from their schools were made available to their school to schools for substitution which was something that many people had been calling on and um, that would have equated to 467 teachers now the problem is after doing a little bit of work and questioning this it turns out that of the 467 teachers on secondment, only 170 were actually made available to schools. And they weren't put on a panel, they were put on subseeker, which is which is something that's voluntary to do. And of those 170 subs, uh, teachers on secondment that have nothing to do and are getting paid for doing nothing, only 100 of them were working. So that's an interesting question to leave hanging in the air at door 22 where were all those 467 secunded teachers and why does a substitute crisis rage on all the way up to christmas
Ah, door 23. Gosh, this looks a bit nasty. It looks, it looks like a protest march. I, I wonder what happened. Well, let me bring you back few weeks ago, um, if you're listening to this around Christmas 2021, to a Wednesday afternoon, uh, let's call it Wednesday evening, around half past five, when um, the Department of Education were told uh, by uh, Neffet that it would be recommended that children over the age of nine should wear masks, and um, that would be their advice to them. So the Department of Education, their wisdom, took that advice and wrote to all schools basically saying that all children must or are required to wear masks and if they do not wear a mask they will be refused entry to schools. <laughs> oh, what a friendly message to get at half five of an evening to be implemented at uh, the next morning. Yeah, Just after even if you didn't even if you uh, were a parent that wanted to give your child a little mask sure the shops were closed and you couldn't buy one so you'd be refused entry to your school the next day and of course who cares about the law? You know, the law, the, the legal kind of um, idea of refusing children access to school is called, in, is sometimes is called a suspension. And you are only allowed to suspend a child for reasons under your behaviour policy. And do you know what? Funnily enough, our behaviour policy didn't include wearing a mask if you're over nine years of age. And it would have been very hard between uh, 5.30 one evening and 8 30 the next morning to, um, you know, write into your behaviour policy, get it passed by your board of management and so on. And who would have thought it was a good idea in the first place to refuse children access to the school? Um, and uh, pretty much uh, what happens, because and I always think a decision is, is you always you always have to think that if the decision that you have made causes a protest outside the doll with thousands of people attending, it probably wasn't a very good idea in the first place. And uh, thankfully, the Department of Education decided, <laughs> yeah, we made a mistake. That was a really bad idea. No, no, they didn't do that. What they did was they kind of pretended they didn't say it after all. And um, currently, the policy is totally up in the air, uh, where effectively, some children are wearing masks, some children aren't wearing masks. And there's various pets in the uh, department of, in certain schools they put on the media to say, oh, sure, we're all compliant. Sure, all the children are wearing the owl masks. And then there's lots of other schools where um, some children are wearing them and some aren't. Uh, which is the real story. But currently, uh, as, I, as, I, as I'm recording this, technically children should be refused entry to schools if they're not wearing masks, even though there is absolutely no legal basis for that. And the Department of Education have, of course, not issued an apology at all for the manner in which they uh, put out their diktat. Um, you know, and really, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, out of touch is too generous uh, a term to use, but completely out of their depth is uh, probably more accurate. Uh, we're coming to the end, door 24. And um, in fact, oh, it's um, actually, it's an empty seat. Oh, that's Minister Foley's um, empty seat in the doll. Wasn't, wasn't there a, wasn't there a debate in the Dáil about education where the opposition parties had spent months requesting a meeting where there would be a debate around education and COVID-19? And she, I, I know she was there a while ago, but just before the opposition parties uh, were to uh, make their points and ask their questions, uh, Minister Foley uh, decided that she wouldn't be someone who'd be engaging with the, the, those lesser parties, those, uh, those people who would ask questions in opposition. So off she went.
I wanted to come in here and be constructive, but I can't help but also channel the anger of the teaching community, the principals, the teachers, the SNAs, the parents, who have contacted me daily and others around the chamber from opposition and government alike, expressing fear, expressing frustration, and that needs to be brought to the fore here tonight. And I think it's lamentable that the Minister has left after 30 minutes. And uh, was rumoured to be in Kildare Village. I don't know how true that is, but uh, that's the rumours anyway. But she didn't bother. She was um, too, what, what's the word, arrogant? arrogant I think is the word to bother answering questions that the opposition parties uh, were going to uh, ask of the Minister for Education um, on her handling of COVID-19 and ultimately you know would not lead you to believe that this is someone who does not deserve to be in the position they have been honoured with and we finally make it to Christmas Day uh, the 25th of December for those of you who believe in in that um, and I'm sure you were all very disappointed because the media were very disappointed by the final thing which was the effect of this COVID-19 the worst thing of all it didn't matter about the cold classrooms it didn't matter about the cases of COVID-19 spreading throughout school communities around the country with children and adults getting sick and teachers being absent causing a massive substitute crisis the worst possible thing that could possibly ever happen were one of two two things there were two things the worst things and that was the cancelled nativity play even the poor atheist journalists were saying how they lamented their poor little child not being able to put on a blue hood and be merry in the nativity play wasn't it awful altogether and a scandal that we couldn't be putting on nativity plays uh, for the poor people of Ireland who needed a lift and sure wasn't that terrible altogether but worse a worse fate was to behold all of Ireland was schools might not open after Christmas and if you were being interviewed on any radio station as I was the only question that mattered was do you know tell me Simon what do you think will schools open in January it was bad enough they closed for two days for Stormborough and sure wasn't it only a breeze and never mind the pictures of the fallen trees at school exits and school entrance and the flattened cars or any of that sort of stuff or the and all, all that sure wasn't it a disgrace that schools closed for Stormborough it was only sure a light wind it was and would schools open in January is the question on everybody's lips as I, I don't know, as I'm recording this, that's the question on admit a decision may already have been made by the time you're listening to this. And to be honest with you, isn't that the question of the advent calendar really? That the people of Ireland, in the, in, in, I suppose as Pat Leahy said in the Irish Times, if the only thing, they don't care about anything else, but if school closes, it'll be the end of the government. And in some ways, wouldn't it be your Christmas wish, your Christmas wish, that maybe we should go, we should have the schools closed in January, if only to get rid of the most awful government we've had in a very long time. So that is it. Um, I mean, I have nothing left to do but to uh, wish you a very, very happy new year, uh, and let's really hope that 2022 is um, a much better year than 2021 has been. It's been a year of gaslighting. Um, we have 
I suppose, fears uh, that this gaslighting will cause uh, other issues in the education system, uh, which I've spoken about in uh, previous episodes. Um, I mean, the government's, I suppose, plan of action since the very start of this uh, pandemic was to keep their fingers crossed that all would be fine, and it really hasn't. But to be honest with you, I think for us as educators and people who work in schools, it's all we have is to keep our fingers crossed that 2022 will be a much better year. Um, I hope uh, you've enjoyed uh, my podcast over 2021. Uh, There's been a mishmash of uh, lots of specials. I think we've had more specials than normal episodes. Let's hope I can can get back to doing the regular episodes of If I Were the Minister for Education. Um, If you've enjoyed uh, this episode or any other episodes, please consider subscribing to the podcast on any podcasting platform you choose. I'm on all of them, uh, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts, or all the rest of them. Uh, If you've liked it, please leave a positive review because that helps other teachers around the country to find the podcast more easily that's it for me for 2021 thanks so much for listening happy new year to you all thank you bye bye